Hello everyone, welcome to this very special episode on OIU Podcast. I'm glad to have you here. If you're listening for the first time, you are most welcome. OIU for On Your Upgrade is a personal development and transformation podcast that empowers you to live your best life without compromising your individuality. This is the place where you learn life-transforming insights that will launch you into your best self and empower you to reach your highest potential and live a fulfilling life. So welcome once again. Today, I have a very interesting personality joining me on this episode. And because of our person, I'm eagerly looking forward to our conversation. <laughs> She's very good and excellent at what she does. She works as a brand consultant. She's a designer. She's a writer. And she's a very good speaker. She's passionate about helping young people and businesses elevate from average to excellence through her multiple expressions. She's the CEO of TDR Brands. With over five years of experience working with individuals and corporate organizations to build their brands, grow their customer base, and increase their income. She is the founder and lead counselor of over four years at While I'm Waiting, a community that helps women discover and become their most purposeful and powerful selves while they wait for the next phase of their lives. She also leads The Gathering, a community for Christian youths in Africa that provides platforms, resources, and mentorships to position its members to become positive influences and change agents by embracing true spirituality, higher thinking, an excellent work ethic. She's a very beautiful young woman. Her name is Eroluwa Enio Doncho. Welcome, Eroluwa. It's so good to have you here. Thank you Thank for you. joining me. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you for to do this with me. <laughs> I'm glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity. I'm also excited to be here. <laughs> oh, How are you doing? Well, I'm doing well. Doing good eager to dive into today's topic, um, especially because of the premise, <laughs> the foundation upon which we're coming from, right? So I'm really excited mm-hmm. for everything mm-hmm. that we're talking about. All right, so let's dive into it then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're basically discussing understanding and staying grounded in our identity. Mm-hmm. And I want us to start with what identity really means. Okay. Uh, it's important to start by mentioning that I might not go the textbook approach, right? Um, mm. I'm going to go from the angle that I define identity. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And that's basically from a spiritual angle um, because I strongly believe that that's the foundation for every human being's identity. So if you look into the dictionary and all of that, you see identity has to do with Um, the different ways in which you define yourself and you make yourself known. But I'll define identity as the purpose for which you were made, or in a different sense, I'll define identity as what the creator had in mind when he made each and every one of us. So when people define themselves or when people want to talk about their identity, what we find is that a lot of people define themselves or identify themselves based on external parameters, the things that they see around them or the things that they were born into. So for example, my identity is, or I'm African or I'm black, or my identity is that I am a graduate or a certain degree holder, right? So there are different external parameters by which people define themselves. However, all those things are fleeting right? Mm. 
they are not constant, they're not consistent. And so what you find is that if we keep defining ourselves based on this external parameters, what happens is that our identity then keeps changing or keeps oscillating. You know, it's not, it's not going to be steady. It won't be grounded. So for you to define yourself or for you to define your identity, I strongly believe that you need to come from a, a solid you know, basis, a basis that will not keep shifting as you keep growing or as you keep changing, right? Um, so that's how I'll define identity. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. So I hear that if we are going to define our identity, it mm-hmm. shouldn't be based on something that keeps changing. Mm-hmm. Right. It has to be something that is grounded so that we also can stay grounded in our identity. Exactly. What would that something be? Thank you. So the something, right, is in a nutshell, God. So what's the, mm. what's even the origin of identity? So identity started the moment God made man. And this is how God defined man. Or this is how God identified man. It says that he was made in the image and the likeness of God. That's the identity. That's the foundation. And that is what keeps us grounded. So if mm. we try to define ourselves by any other parameter um, we find that we'll just keep chasing after we'll be on a wild goose chase because those things will keep evolving keep changing keep moving but if we decide that or if we remember and come back to the foundation to how our maker defined us yeah then it doesn't matter what changes around us. It doesn't matter if we move from being African and then we get citizenship in Canada. Um, It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if we're a BSc holder now and then we suddenly become a PhD holder. It doesn't matter if we were single and now we're married. It doesn't matter what changes, right? We are still centered. We're still standing on the foundation that is God in the image and in the likeness of God, right? Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. Okay, so for clarity, right? identity self-identity are they one and the same i'll say it depends on who you're asking for me they should be one and the same but we live in a world where um the definitions are kind of different right so i'd say identity is everything i just mentioned identity is you know who you were created to be the definition that was given to you based on who made you who manufactured you right but mm-hmm. self-identity now, um, if you look into how society and the world defines self-identity, for me, before I even go into society, for me, my self-identity is in who made me, is in who created me. But if you want mm-hmm. to look at it from society's definition and perspective, they would say self-identity is how you choose to identify yourself, how you choose to define yourself um, based on parameters such as your temperament, your tendencies, your weight, your height, the groups you choose to be affiliated with, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and even to be extreme, some will even say your, um, what's it called, the gender or the sexual preference, the sexual you orientation. To, mm-hmm. exactly, orientation that oh. you choose to identify <laughs> with. And you see why this takes me back to where I started from, that it, if you choose that route, it keeps changing, it can get confusing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's no steadiness. Because the truth is, um, like a popular saying, where you know the purpose is unknown, where the definition, where the the intended 
you know use and definition for a thing is unknown abuse is inevitable you just keep it yeah. becomes a case of trial and error you know just yeah. trying to find where we belong trying to see if this fits if this doesn't fit right so that's why for me i've decided that my own self identity is one and the same with my original identity right mm. which is who god says mm. i am but if you want to go the other route then that's what i just explained self identity is how you choose to define yourself based on all the parameters that you identify with i hear you loud and clear i hear you <laughs> um from what you said what makes up our identity is basically god because he is the one who created us and then what better way to define yourself other mm-hmm. than i mean by mm-hmm. who created you right right so based on this premise this um understanding how mm-hmm. then do we come to this knowledge you know i don't believe anyone i mean has we were born we just mm-hmm. knew that this is me so mm-hmm. how do you find you so to speak how do you get to that point where you say or where you accept or where you agree that oh this is who i am this is my identity all right so it's a journey right especially because like you rightly said we were born into a world that was already in existence before we came in that sense right um mm. so when we were born we came and met certain things we met certain definitions we met yeah. um how people had been defining identity from the get go right and so it's going to take a journey it's not something that will happen in one day there's a starting point and then it continues over time and for me i'll say that it all starts from the point where you come to accept christ right as your lord as your savior and then you get on that journey with him it's in the process of that many times when we even get saved we don't get saved with the understanding that oh there's something wrong with my definitions about my identity many times to just get saved from the angle of oh i don't want to perish you know or mm. i'm a sinner <laughs> and you know i just don't want to go to hell mm. um so the average believer comes into christ from that perspective and then it's in it's in there that the holy spirit starts to do a work in you and then you start to grow and then mm-hmm. if you are walking in true spirituality and not just in religion not just ticking off the boxes or I go to church I read my bible I pray but you're actually walking um or you're actually having a living breathing relationship with the holy spirit then he starts to do a work in you he starts to show you who you are um from from the point of view of scripture so when you start to read the bible and you start to see who god says you are and you start to understand You start to say mm. if God says this about me I don't want to just pray about it and say oh I've prayed about it no I want it to reflect in how I see myself I want it to reflect mm. in how I begin to relate with myself other people and the world around me so I'm doing a series on one of the platforms that um I lead right and it's a 30 day journey of seeing who you are in God seeing your identity right mm. okay the most recent one we did is I'm favored right I'm not disadvantaged I'm favored So oh. when many times we pray that prayer as believers oh I'm favored favor of God follows me blah 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 everything and it's fine but many times we skip at it on the surface level right but when you begin to see that as your identity 
it changes your perception. It shapes the way you approach life. You don't approach mm. life from a defeatist mindset. You know that you are favored. So I'm stepping into this situation and I'm expecting favor. So it starts to shape your expectations, right? It starts to shape how you expect things out of life and how you mm. expect people to interact with you and also how you carry yourself. So it starts from there. It starts from coming to know Christ and then allowing the Holy Spirit to start to do a walk in your heart, in your mind. Um, and begin to change the way you see yourself, how you define yourself, right? Yeah, it starts from coming to know Christ, mm-hmm. relating and fellowshipping with Him, and it's in relating and fellowshipping with Him, allowing the Holy Spirit work on us that we get to mm-hmm. understand who we really are, mm-hmm. outside of the labels, you know, the stereotypes, and all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Beautiful. If I can just throw a little more light on that, right? I'll say it this yeah. way. So our identity is sort of like, so when you start that journey with God, with, you know, with the Holy Spirit, it's more like you're coming to embrace your identity. So your identity is already there. It's already fixed in a sense, right? And then you're just coming to get to know it. So it's like you are on a journey to meet yourself, to catch up with who you already are. (laughs) <laughs> if that makes sense to you, right? You're you're catching up with an existing reality of who you mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's the identity is, is growing or it's coming up or it's evolving or developing in that sense. It's that the identity is there. You are made in the image and in the likeness of God. But because of the experiences you face, it's sort of like you traveled away from that identity and now you're traveling back to that identity. In the course of the journey, you are picking up on, on the different clues. You are picking up on what he has said concerning you. You are owning it. You are insisting on it. And then before you know it, you are at the point where you need to be, right? Um, mm. A story I like to use is the story of like um, a hundred dollar bill. So imagine a hundred dollar bill or a hundred dollar note, you know, falls out of someone's wallet and then it goes through different experiences. It's trampled, rain falls on it. It's, you know, carried on the floods and then it's finally dumped in maybe a refuse pile or something. And then someone is, maybe sorting through all of that and sees the $100 bill. It's like, oh my God, this is a $100 bill. The person cleans it up, you know, just removes the dirt and the grime and then takes it to the bank, right? When it gets mm. to the bank, guess what? That $100 bill is still a $100 bill. It doesn't matter mm. what it has experienced. It doesn't matter how it has defined itself. So when the $100 bill is going through all those terrible situations or going through life in that sense it starts to define itself based on what it has experienced oh i'm dirty i'm torn i'm worn i'm trash because i ended up in a trash pile right it no longer sees itself as a hundred dollar bill but when it's taken back to a bank you know what people see or what the authorities see is the the worth the identity that was conferred on it from the very beginning they don't see what it has passed through they don't see where it has been it is who it is regardless of what it has been through not because of anything it has done but simply because of the authority that conferred that identity on it so the same thing is true for us right before it's like if we reference jeremiah right god was saying to jeremiah before you were even conceived i knew you i knew you predetermined you i'd put an identity on you right so now that you are born you've gone through life blah 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 everything now i'm calling you back to who i made you 
to be in the first yeah. instance and then jeremiah is like no who am i everything everything based on his age based on you know the community he was living in he didn't yeah. think he qualified to be that person but god was saying it doesn't matter don't say i'm too young i you know you are who i made you to be so the same thing applies to us there's an identity that was already ours from the very beginning that was you know stamped on us um and so now it's a journey of going back to that walking with god to come back to that understanding come back to that until we match up to who god said we were from the very beginning all right so i just wanted yeah. to um, add that to very um, very profound. i mean i like the illustration with the hundred dollar bill mm-hmm. yeah yeah you brought it over really well thank you thank you and you know what you just i mean your response just led to my next question mm-hmm. you know you were saying how that it's not as if we start to grow it. It's there. It's been who we are from the beginning. We just didn't realize it. So we are catching up with who we've already been predestined to be, you know. And I was going to ask that, can we say we evolve in our identity? Um, It's more like we... So the evolving is not necessarily in the identity. If I'm going to stay with my definition of identity, right? It's more like we're evolving in our understanding and in our yes. perception of our identity. So that's why um, I said initially, it's like we're catching up to it. So it is there and then we are coming into an understanding. And that's why Paul will say in his letter to the Ephesians that I'm praying that, you know, God will cause your eyes to be open, that you'll be filled with understanding. You know, you come into knowledge of who you are in Christ, right? Um, So that's how I would say, that's how I will picture it. So it's there, the truth is there. Um, Who you really are is there. It's just that you probably have not um, understood it or you haven't even been introduced to it. Up until when you finally come to know it right so yeah. the evolving yeah. is in the mind is in the understanding right yeah that was loud and clear i heard you clearly <laughs> <laughs> okay so can we talk a bit about how our identity impacts the different areas of our lives we are born into the world we do not know who we are but over mm-hmm. time as we relate with god and then as the holy spirit works on us we start to understand that this is who you really are. Mm-hmm. And because this is who you are, you really shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be in this space. You know, it sort of starts to reorganize, change your perspective, your associations, your mm-hmm. decisions. Do you get what I'm saying? So yes, can we talk I... a bit on that? Yeah, you, as you rightly said, our identity to a large extent it should define what we do and what we don't mm. do. Define who we choose to hang out with and who we choose not to hang out with. Um, and also define or determine the kind of things that we take on. So how you see yourself, yeah? How you define yourself sort of builds boundaries. Not boundaries in a negative sense, but mm. boundaries in the sense of like popular you know quote that people say others me i can't Mm -hmm. right and beyond just what you know what you permit yourself to do and all that it also shapes what you allow other people to do to you and with you so it Mm -hmm. it, it also defines what you allow to come into your space yeah Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and again another thing that it does is that it helps you determine what you life 
So for example, mm-hmm. typical example, the example of, you know, someone who is a queen or, or a king or someone who is just royalty, right? There are certain um. things that they will not be caught dead doing in public, right? <laughs> um, so for example, um, I think I'm not very conversant with the, you know, the royal people in mm. um, the UK, right? But um, I think it was said how, is it? No, it wasn't Megan. It's the one before Megan. What's her name? The other princess. Kate. 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 Yes. I remember when she was getting married, um, mm. there was so much buzz and talk about her wedding dress, how it was so elegant. Nothing was showing her body parts. Nothing was revealing and everything, mm. right? And it was not really because of the society she found herself in that sense. It's, it's not because, oh, people don't wear that kind of thing in that country where she was born or where she was living. No, it was because mm. of how she had defined herself. It was because she is royalty, right? And there are certain mm. things that are expected of a royal person. There are certain things that pertain to being identified or defined as royalty. So the same thing applies mm. for us. Once you've defined yourself, once you've identified yourself, and hopefully by now you're choosing to identify yourself based on who God says you are, it will not start to shape, I can do this, I can't do that. Another clear example is in the area of marriage, right? That one, the Bible even gives us clear definers of the kind of person you should and shouldn't be with based on your identity as a child of God, your identity as someone who is now regenerated and born into God, born of God. And it says, don't be unequally yoked with someone who is not of this same identity, someone who does not identify as a child of God, right? So that's clearly spelled out, yeah? And then, like you were saying, some things are not necessarily bad. They're not necessarily Mm -hmm. seen, but Mm -hmm. it just has a way of, um, so for example, (laughs) um, drinking of alcohol, yeah? Mm -hmm. And I don't have a problem with people who drink alcohol. I mean, it's fine. It's okay. It's not bad in sense. However, when you drink to the point where you're now under another influence, like Paul Mm. says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Rather, be drunk on the Holy Spirit, right? (laughs) So that kind of thing, right? So you can decide that, okay, because I've now defined myself as a child of God, as someone who wants to perpetually stay under the influence of the Holy Spirit, then I'm not going to allow another thing to take over my senses in that sense, right? And so you can decide that, okay, because of that, I won't drink alcohol. Or because of that, um, I won't hang around where there's excessive alcohol being shared, right? I'll mm-hmm. rather stay back because I know that if I get under the influence of something other than the Holy Spirit, my actions will tend towards what I'm under the influence of. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if I'm under the influence of alcohol, then I'm going to act in a certain way that is not becoming of who I am based on whose I am, right? Um, mm-hmm. So just even leaving that aside, also talking about what you expect from people, so I think it's okay if I use a sexual example oh. because, I mean, hopefully we're all adults listening, right? So if you understand who you are <laughs> as a child of God, <laughs> oh. it will be unimaginable for someone to walk up to you and proposition you with certain sexual, you know, propositions. Oh, and for you to yeah. think it's okay or it's normal. No, because of oh. how you've defined yourself you will most likely defend that identity and say no in your body don't don't position me with rubbish i can't i won't take that i won't accept that 
right? But for someone who has not defined themselves as, oh, this is who I am and I can't accept this, when someone positions them in that light, there's a tendency for them to first wait and say, mm, maybe, can I, should I? It becomes oh. negotiable for them. But for you, it's non-negotiable, right? You are not <laughs> even going to allow such to come your way. You block it off straight away and people start to get this, you know, the understanding that, okay, no, she's different um, or he's different. We can't present this kind of thing to the person. Same thing goes for, you know, um, corruption, you know, bribery oh. and all of that, right? So two more categories that I'll use to define how identity, you know, impacts on our on our lives and our choices is our expectations from life, our expectations from the world. So back to the example I was giving about, you know, understanding that in God, in Christ, you are favored, you're already blessed, you're already loved, you're already chosen, you know. So when you step into life situations, um, you're not expecting, especially if you've allowed yourself to become so irrevocably convinced of who you are you know mm. because of whose you are when you step mm. into certain situations you know you expect things to happen in your favor and when things don't happen in your favor you begin to you know question why what's going on and then you begin to insist that things go the way they should go because of who you are mm. so for example imagine dangote stepping into a room he expects that room to respond in a certain way right mm. with honor mm. with you know, an understanding of, oh, this is like one of the richest men on earth, right? Mm. There's certain way people will not speak with him. When they are serving food, for example, mm. yeah. <laughs> they expect that he will get some of that, right? And not that he will be left out. Yeah? Of course. And so course. the reason why this is so important is because many times we receive out of life what we expect from life. Mm. The way we condition our mind, the way our minds are conditioned, you know, the world, there's a book I read, um, As a Man, is it As a Man Thinks? Or, yeah, I think that's a yeah, book. Very old thinks. book, exactly. Yeah. It says, you know, the world is wired to give you what is your innest, your innermost expectation. So sometimes you can be saying something, but inside of you, your you you say, if your mind knows that we'll wash, that's not what we truly believe, right? And oh. so if oh. you oh. don't oh. allow yourself to catch up with your identity and let it shape how you think, and what you expect out of life, you'll be living below who you are. Yeah? So that's why I was saying how there's a, in quotes, spiritual part to your identity, understanding your identity. But that spiritual part must translate into a mental part, must translate into your mental faculty, how you understand. So it's not just a spiritual case of, okay, when we die, we'll get to heaven. I am one with Christ in heaven. No, it must translate to the now. So when Jesus was walking on the earth, when he needed something to be done, he didn't expect it not to be done. So, for example, when he told his disciples, go and tell this person, you know, in the case of his triumphal entry, that the master needs this donkey, right? Mm. There was no much shalai, there was no much explanation, right? This, I'm no. sure they were like, okay. But then they went, they were going to untie it and they were questioning them and they said, the master has need of it. And guess what? It was released to them right mm. when jesus was casting out demons or praying for those who were sick it was not a negotiation he understood who he was and that influenced mm. how he interacted with his world and what he expected to happen when he spoke right in one instance the disciples went and then they were trying to pray or cast out a demon and he didn't listen to them right and then jesus said um oh you of little faith it was because they had not yet come into a full understanding of their identity of who they were same people when jesus had, had gone back to heaven and they had the holy spirit and they were filled with power they were doing the miraculous they were doing there was no negotiation with demons once they spoke the demons went once they 
laid hands on the sick, even up to their clothes, right? Even their clothes and their shadows were healing people, right? It comes from a place of, of knowing your identity, knowing who you are, and knowing that this is how the world needs to respond to me. Um, another example is on the opposite side, you know, there were some people who were trying to do what Paul was doing, casting out um, devils, and the devils pounced on them because they're like, Paul, we know, Jesus, we know, who are you, right? It's because it's not, it's not first about what you are saying. It's not first about how you are acting. It's first about what has happened inside of you. Has something changed? Have you caught up to who you are? Because that's the, that's the foundation, that's the start. And it's from that place of knowing that your authority begins to build. And so the world around you begins to respond and react, right, to who you are. So back to the example of the queen, the queen can be just another woman, the queen of England she can be just another woman. And, you know, another woman can say to maybe um, to a group of people, oh, stop this. And they don't listen. And then the queen can say the exact same words and they listen, not because I mean, they're both women, but there's something about her that is different. She has a different identity, right? And so that's why her word will carry power. So it's when you understand who you are, your identity, because of whose you are, then, you know, your words carry power and life starts to respond differently to you. And then finally, another category that, you know, our identity starts to shape our lives is in the area of what we believe we can and can't do. So this is in the area of confidence, fear, doubt, and all of that. So if, if you believe who God says you are, right? And I know because we're still human, sometimes you still have this you know, sense of fear and, oh, what if this, what if that? But if at the end of the day, you truly understand your identity in God, that you're made in the image and the likeness of God, then there are certain things that even when the fear tries to come because you know who you are your identity will override that fear and so it just opens you up to a whole world of possibilities of what you can do what you believe you can or can't do and so what people are saying is impossible you are saying with god nothing shall be impossible and so i'm going ahead to do this right so those are just some you know areas where your sense of identity starts to shape how you see the world and how you make decisions and yeah <laughs> i'm gonna stop there Wow, very, very, very profound, very profound. Thank you. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> My next question will be, how do we now, based on the fact that we now know who we are mm. and then we are catching up with this reality, it takes a lot of um, consistency, dedication. It takes a lot of intentionality, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is a place where many believers struggle mm-hmm. bringing your identity, take it away from the church because it's not meant to be in the church. Mm-hmm. Bring it to your workplace, bring it to the marketplace, so to speak. You know, how do we do that confidently? How do we stand our ground? Mm-hmm. All right. So being ourselves or living out our true identity outside the, the church. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like you rightly said, this is this is one major one, and a lot of believers struggle with this this part. Yeah. And I think the reason why we struggle with it <laughs> is because there has been a, a disconnect. I don't know at what point in the history of the church that this disconnect came in. There's been a disconnect where we have forgotten the the kind of, shall I say, the lineage that we descended from. 
Mm-hmm. So when Peter and the apostles, when Jesus, you know, was crucified and you know all of that, they were afraid. They hid. Mm-hmm. They denied him. Mm-hmm. They disowned mm-hmm. him. Everything, right? Um, mm-hmm. But then Jesus rose again, and they saw him, and then he spoke with them, and then he told them, he gave them the great commission, you know, go and uh, make disciples of all the nations and bring them in and everything. But then he told them, don't go yet. Don't just, you know, try and do this in your own ability or anything. Wait until mm-hmm. you receive the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, right? What we know is that the Holy Spirit is the one who is the energizing force for every believer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without him, we are we are powerless. Without him, we're like we're like, shall I say baby lions or like paper lions. We have a mm-hmm. semblance of power and strength and all of that. But then we lack the power to be able to communicate that with our world. Yeah. Mm, um, mm. So for some reason, I can't claim to know the reason, but there has been a disconnect between where the church started from and the exploits that they did, unafraid, unashamed for God, and where we find ourselves now, where we are almost too timid and too cowardly to even say out loud that, oh, I'm a Christian. Or even if we say I'm a Christian, <laughs> we don't even say, oh, I'm a believer. I believe. So it has been sort of watered down in a sense. But the truth is, if we're walking in true spirituality where we are um, allowing the Holy Spirit to do that work in us, it's supposed to get to a point. Yes, it, it might not be instant. It might not be oh, all in one day. It will be hmm. gradual. It will be those baby steps that will not add up into... Um, you know, powerful displays in the future. So I don't think any believer should, you know, feel so bad, feel too bad if, you know, at this point you are still sort of oscillating, you know, feeling a bit afraid. Oh, will they judge me? Will they still like me if I show myself, blah, 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 all those things. It's fine. As long as you you know that you, you don't want to stay there and then you go mm. on the journey of becoming bold. Because many times the reason why we're afraid to identify as who we really are is because we are we're not bold enough. We're afraid. There's timidity. Mm. Right. And the only cure to timidity, especially for a believer, is not it's not even in bold face or anything like that. It's in truly letting the Holy Spirit do that work in us and then coming to coming into alignment. And like I said, it's going to be a process. It's going to be just one baby step after the other. So today he can say to you, Oh, um, maybe before you didn't know how to say no when they say, oh, let's go partying. You know, it's Friday night, let's all go out. Maybe he will teach you to first say, oh, sorry, I can't tonight. And then they'll say, why? Oh, I just can't. And then, you know, nobody's going to come and query you for your own personal decision, right? Mm -hmm. So so sometimes it's even easier for us to say, oh, this is my personal decision. This is just what I want. It's easier to say that and to say, oh, I'm a believer and I don't believe I should do that. (laughs) That That's where the problem problem usually is, right? So he will start with you with baby steps. Oh, just say, no, I can't tonight. And they say, why? Oh, I just, I just, I'm not not feeling it. And then tomorrow he can say to you, say to them, oh, um, I don't believe in this. And they say, why don't you believe in this? Oh, it's a personal conviction. I'm just not comfortable with it. So tomorrow don't ask me to go clubbing or to go partying. And they will not ask you tomorrow. And then later on, you know, you go to the point where you're confident and say, oh, my faith does not permit this. And they are your faith, which faith? What do you mean? Are we not all Christians? Are we not all? They say, oh, I'm not just a Christian in name. I actually have a walk with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I, I just don't feel comfortable as a temple of God. And, you know, but it's gradual. You might not all in one day get to that point. Especially because of the conditioning we have in our society because if you were born into a time and age where 
everybody was bold and professing their faith without being ashamed, without being afraid. You said you would mm. have grown up with that and then you'll be used to it, right? Mm. Be easier. Mm. But because we didn't grow up in that kind of setting, right? So mm-hmm. it now mm. takes a grooming, a growing, a gradual process. But here's the thing. If you begin to allow yourself to be, in quotes, brainwashed, right, by the Holy Spirit into your identity, who you are, you know, it will get to a point where you, you start to say, ah, but this thing I'm doing, like, it becomes ridiculous for you to even want to hide it. It becomes exactly. ridiculous for you to even be like, ah, like, I don't exactly. get it. It's just the truth. This is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the point where you become light and you start shining. Mm. no longer hiding under a bushel and that's what god has mm. called us all of us as believers because exactly. he says of what use like why will i light you up why will i set you ablaze you know set you as light and then hide you you are useless to everybody <laughs> including yourself mm. and the same thing with salt if you are salt but you are not salty i mean imagine you're cooking and you put salt you dump salt and it's still not being salty then there was no use of the salt in the first place but as well as mm. radio so mm. it gets to a point where you start to see yourself like, ah, but this thing I'm talking about, this thing I'm preaching, this lifestyle I'm living is the truth. It's what is right. It's what is good. It's what everybody should subscribe to. It's like, you know, it's like when you have good news or you find something that works, you find the cure to COVID right now. Are you going to hide it and be like, oh, I'm shy. I don't really mm. want people to say my own is too much. No, mm. you, you broadcast it. You are confident. This is what you need. And so mm. the prize for, for every believer is for us to get to a point where we understand that what we have, what we carry is good news. It's the answer to what mm-hmm. the world, you know, to the world crisis, the world problem is the answer. And so we start to carry it on our heads. And because we know that our lives must not, cannot contradict our message, mm-hmm. then we align, then we embrace our identity in Christ. Even when people laugh at us, even when people condemn us, even when people criticize us, we embrace it. We're like, is it that no but i know that this thing works i know that this is the solution i know that this is the answer right mm-hmm. and then we continue from that point and that's that's mm-hmm. where boldness comes in to so the point that peter you know and and paul they don't mind going to jail they will still once they are out they will flog them but once they step out they continue preaching the message mm-hmm. they continue mm-hmm. living the lifestyle because they know mm-hmm. that this thing is the truth so mm-hmm. a lot of times we're afraid because we're not yet convinced because it has mm-hmm. not aligned our identity is mm-hmm. not yet grounded in the truth of what we are saying. So we are still saying with our mouth, but there's more yet could see they know, you know, <laughs> you get. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's where the work is. And that's why I said mm-hmm. it must translate from just a spiritual experience into a mental experience because it's what you believe in your mind to be true. The reason my many people came to believe on Christ, like I said at the beginning, is because they don't want to go to hell because they in their mind they know they are sure that there is a hell. <laughs> because if in your mind you're not convinced that there's a hell that you can go to. A lot of people will be like, ah, then what's the point, right? Or because mm. you understood that, oh, I need saving from something, from my sin. I want, you know, there's a relationship with God that I'm missing out on and I want to have that. You believe it in your mm. mind mm. and so you embrace it. Mm. 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 So until you believe that this way I'm living, this identity that I've chosen, this identity in Christ is the truth, is the good stuff, will forever be hiding it. Will forever be feeling like, oh, you know, let me not be too loud about it right okay. now the balance is this even when we're standing our ground for what we believe in for identity yeah. it oh. must be balanced out with love so the way he said it is that truth and love must come together 
So you don't compromise your truth. You don't compromise your truth by playing along, by not speaking up. No, you speak up, but you speak up with love. You speak up in love. So you don't speak um, up and, you know, show your identity from a place of arrogance, a place of, of you know, judging others or being judgmental. Self-righteous. Mm. self-righteous, exactly. You don't do that. You come from a place of love mm. and truth. It must go hand in hand. If not, we will be compromising our own identity. We cannot be judgmental. We cannot be arrogant. But we must still speak the truth. And so one thing I was even discussing with someone a while back is how people who are not even fighting for a right cause or for a cause Mm. that makes sense, they are so vocal. They are so fine to be, you know, to say what they believe. You know, Mm. they are fighting for love is love whether it's with a man or with a woman they are fine to say it you know you are looking at a woman and she's a woman and she's saying no i identify as a man and she's vocal about it she's not afraid to say it she's like i will sue you if you call me ma'am again i'm a him i'm a sir i'm like what you are a woman i can see woman everything all over you but they're not afraid because they have been so convinced in their mind they've been so brainwashed by what they believe in that they are not ashamed they're not afraid come rain come shine come whether it's true or it's not true Come more that mm. they, they don't really care in that sense, right? Mm. So how much more you, who knows who you truly are, who knows your identity in God who made you, you know, the God of the universe. He has mm. saved you. He has put his identity on you. He has stamped and sealed you. And then, you know, he has called you to live in a life that is in, in harmony with the identity that you have. How much more you? Why would you now choose to stay there i mean it should even challenge us to say uh uh-uh, if these people are so vocal <laughs> like they go to court they have you know movements about this thing how much more we that we carry is just the reason why it's not so is because we haven't truly been convinced in our minds we haven't truly become one with the identity okay. that we see we have yeah wow this was very 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 profound so one thing I heard you say is that we have to become one with our identity spiritually and mentally. So it's not just a spiritual thing. It's not only a spiritual thing. It has to resonate with us mentally as well. I mean, while you were speaking, it occurred to me that this is one of the reasons a lot of people are overly fixated on religion. Mm, So their spirituality has not come. They don't, they've not come to understand their spirituality Mm. mentally and that's why they feel like it's an abomination it's sacrilege that you tend to reason out the things of god they expect that you should just Mm -hmm. be dumb and Mm -hmm. deaf and just follow i mean when you start Mm. to reason it they feel who are you to reason out the way of god man Mm. is this you know and they find scriptures to justify that reasoning because they feel like it's only a spiritual experience forgetting Mm. that you have to accept and come to terms with it mentally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. wow. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That was very, very insightful. Very, very insightful. And I could go on and on listening to you because you're such a delight to listen to. <laughs> but yeah, I want us to take a break now and then we'll be back very shortly.